Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to the MMA Shower, sponsored by Hatton James Legal. That's HattonJamesLegal.co.uk and Overst Events. That's OverstEvents.com. Uh, your event just made easier. In this podcast, we're going to preview. UFC 295, Proashka versus Alex Pereira, and that's for the light heavyweight championship of the world, the UFC championship of the world, and we'll preview that. And um, Before we get into the main uh, podcast, the main part of the podcast, please remember you can contact the show, the MMA show 7 at gmail.com. Uh, Twitter handle is the MMA Shower, and the Facebook page is Let's Talk MMA. SRP. In this episode, we have got one or two fan questions, which is which is always welcome and always good. Yeah, so we're going to preview UFC 295, and as everyone will know, there's been a fairly major change. And uh, I'll introduce my uh, regular co-host and uh, long-time podcast uh, guest, Matt Penny. How are you, Matt? Very well, very well. Uh, hope you two are well. It's an absolute pleasure as always. Um, you know, we've had a couple of good cards this year throughout, as uh, as the UFC always put on. So a, a nice one towards the end of the year, and uh, always a pleasure to break it down with you. Thank you, Matt. And uh, yeah, as Matt indicated there, that uh, there's another uh, person, on the, a special guest on the podcast, and uh, he's a long time uh, UFC fan. He's been to Vegas and uh, he's watched shows there and. Uh, He's, he's got a lot of knowledge, so it's it's Diamond, the Diamond from London. How are you? Yeah, hi there. Yeah, good, thanks. It's good to be on. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, you're doing a great job, just want to say. And hopefully you can rival uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so um, we'll go on, we'll get into the uh, into the main card, UFC 295. And um, we're going to go through the, the co-main and the, the main event. And uh, I'm particularly excited about the main event. There's a lot of uh, there's a number of backstories and side stories on how this has come together, and that's always interesting as well as the fighting. Uh, it's always good to have a good story behind it or a or a particular angle. Um, but um, I just want to touch on obviously this was going to be John Jones and uh, Stipe Miocic. And legacy either way, Stipe would have cemented it. You know, another another notch is is probably the greatest ever heavyweight UFC anyway. But um, and John Jones, if he would if he would have won, he would have been the greatest ever, as most some people think anyway. But um, there's an interim title now, and um, Diamond, I'll go to you first. Interim, does it? Do anything for you? Is it worth it? Is it not? What's your opinion? Um, well, personally, I think that uh, it's a bit glorified, to be honest with you. I mean, what is it that it actually holds or means? Um, that's what I always question. Um, I was doing a bit of research into this, and 
supposedly they say it's to do with pay as well. So if that means that they get a higher pay out of it, okay, fair enough. But if it's just literally the title, Matt. Simon's definitely right. It's, it's a bit glorified. Um, I think it does have something to do with the pay-per-view points that fighters get, um, like to actually fight in an interim title fight, and then if you win it and then defend it, etc., or make it into the, the full title, if you were, uh, that definitely has something to do with it. But at the end of the day, it is it's a number one contender's belt. That's how I see it. So, you, you know, I, I'm sure it does have some meaning you know, behind the scenes that we don't really, un- that, you know, Dana would probably say that the fans don't understand, um, but we kind of get it. I'm sure it does have something to do with money and it's a bit of a, you know, it solidifies you as a number one contenders and it, it, it makes your argument a lot stronger down the line if Dana tries and, you know, skips you. Yeah, uh, uh, from my perspective, it, it, it did have a certain value and, and I think it came in, True to mitigate against a fighter getting a long term long term injury, and I think from memory, I'm getting old, so I may not be correct. Um, I think it was Dominic Cruz when he was out for 14 months, 18 months, and he kept snapping his knee and, and hip or whatever. Unfortunately, um, I think they bought it in then the interim, and it was to you know you couldn't have a, a champion just be out for a year and, and no title fight, so. But then after that, it, it got a bit sloppy and someone would uh, get it for this and that. And then, you know, th- this one. The yeah. thing with that is that you never rec- you're never recognised as the champion, are you? Mm. Nobody really takes you as a champion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. If you if we said to each other, okay, name top five interim champions, we, we would probably struggle. But uh, I think there was a legitimate reason once, like you can't have a champion sitting out for a year and never have a title fight. But and then you wait for the champion to come back, and then they uh, unify. But anyway, that's uh, that's uh, that's by the by. So uh, yeah, we, we and the co-main obviously uh, is the uh, for an interim heavyweight title. Um, so Matt, uh, give us your opinion on sort of. Styles, matchups, and we'll come to the prediction after we've all given our input. Well, just to go off the the card in like in general, and just to touch on Jones and Miacic just quickly first, because you know this is the MSG headline card, right? Of of the UFC, it's kind of like it's almost like their WrestleMania, you know, of the year, and it's quite a it's a lot more weak than we're used to. I mean, in past years, we're used to cards where it's top to bottom including like the early prelims that they're star names this this year I kind of look through the, the whole card in general and I'm not casual by any means but I'm struggling to know some of the people in the prelims um, a bit disappointing but this time Jones is out legitimately um, you know we've seen the pictures of his his his, uh, his surgery and his scar so we know it's real but you know I, th- I think it's good for Pavlovich to get this this shot, you know, he's a monster. Um, I really think he does have the tools to be a long-term heavyweight champion. Um, and Aspinall, obviously, as a Brit myself, love to see him get a chance. And we've been calling out for a while for him to have a bigger step up in opponents or, or even a title shot. So this is a, a good first step for him. Okay, yeah, some uh, diamond yourself. Um, yeah, I mean... In terms of obviously the two main 
main uh, fights. Yeah, definitely looking forward to the Yuri fight. Um, and Pavlovich, yeah, I think um, that should be interesting as well. I think, like Matt said, um, the card is definitely weaker than what it was before. Um, but at the same time, there's some interesting matchups. So, yeah. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it, it may be a tad early for Aspinall. Um, he's he's got the raw material. There's no doubt about that. He has got some, you know, really good skills. And Pavlovich, he's just raw power and, and one of those guys that just tears into people. And uh, it's a real step up. It's a real mm-hmm. step up for Aspinall. Um, mm-hmm. And this is really going to test him. I mean, it's the top test, really, which we have been calling for. Mm-hmm. But I think you know. Pavlovich, you know, with his ex-armed forces, which I didn't actually realise, there's a lot that I don't think people realise about him because I think he's one of these guys that Dana has tried to bury and like not really give the good chance to in the heavyweight division. So ex ex-armed forces, he's he's going to have another level of mindset, I think, mm. and the, the the lethal power that he has is just incredible. So Aspinall is, is good. I think he's really good. Uh, is he a monster like Pavlovich is and, and has shown to be? I, I'm not too sure. Also, what I heard was that Pavlovich was meant to be alternate, so he was the backup fighter for Stipe versus uh, Jones. Oh, so you think he's had some kind of training camp then? Yeah, yeah. From what I've heard, whether that's true or not, I don't no. know. But um, that's interesting. That's what they say. So does that mean he's been further along? Yeah, he's training than um, Aspinall. And as, as Aspinall himself said that he's basically rolling off the couch to, to, ta- to take this fight which you know it sounds great if you go into a spin and win it right you can say oh yeah I've just done it by you know rolling out of bed but if you lose people can kind of turn to you and say well you know they question that decision yeah yeah it's interesting like I didn't know Pavlich was a a backup fighter so um that that would certainly be an advantage for him from a obviously a physical fitness perspective cardiovascular fitness and uh and you know, sharpening your skills as well. So, um, but I'm I, kind of happy for these guys because Jones, for a long time, said that he openly said that he probably wouldn't fight either of these guys, and and you know, hinted that after Mirchich, it could have been retirement for him, or he'd only take absolutely massive, mm-hmm. you know, or massive if Nagano if Nagano came back or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he, he may have openly said that these guys probably aren't mm-hmm. what he's looking for. So. At least these guys have got you know a top chance, even if it is interim. At least they have a you know a good chance to submit and put what they want and put a good claim. Yeah, it's a big stage for them. You know, it's a massive fight, co-main event. So yeah, definitely an opportunity. Well, I've just had a thought that obviously whoever wins this is the interim champ, but then we've still got John Jones. Let's say let's say the real champ. Um, but they will still have to do, when I say they, I mean UFC, um, they will have to do UF, uh, sorry, John Jones versus Miocic, and then whoever wins that will fight one of these guys. So I'm not sure if you're following my logic. Yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be long and drawn out, and I'm, I'm quite surprised. If it wasn't anybody else but John Jones, I think they would have dropped the title completely. Because, I mean, this, this injury is going to take, what, six months to fully rehab and get to 100%, and then he's going to have to have a, a, a fight camp on top of that. Um, anybody else but John Jones, I think the title would have been taken off him. Um, 
I think he's uh, held on to that title probably wrongly. Jamal Hill dropped the title um, and did the, the honourable thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true because with like he- heavyweight, the, the uh, title's been switching left, right, and centre, hasn't it? Because of these injuries. But like you said with John Jones, it's a bit of a different story. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the fight, when, when he happens, John Jones is Miocic, it's going to be. Pavlovich versus whoever Aspinall, whoever is the interim champ versus Jones or Miocic. But sometimes logic doesn't come into it in uh, in the UFC, so we'll, we'll wait and see. But you're right; it's just, it, it's just, it is a lengthy layoff. Yeah, it is. It's it's very. It's going to be very drawn out, and it's mm. almost got to a point where a lot of people doubted that we were actually going to see Jones Miocic, and then we finally got it, and. I don't know about you two, but I was really hyped for this fight, you know, sort of September. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, finally, that this kind of was deemed to be, you know, the heavyweight go face-off and probably the go of the whole of the UFC and all of the MMA. And now we haven't got it and we're probably not going to get it for at least nine months. I just don't... It, it might be like a Khabib-Ferguson moment where we, it's just never going to be there and the the hype is never going to get to that peak level again. Yeah, yeah. It was like a perfect storm of John Jones hinting that, you know, this is probably going to be his last fight and Miocic maybe do something similar, win, beat John Jones and say, there you go, I'm the greatest, no one's going to doubt that, but we, we shall wait and see. Okay. Uh, prediction time. So, Diamond, the co-main, give us your... Uh... Um, I'll go Padovic. You're, you're playing it safe. Yeah, yeah, I think you, I think you'll do it. Yeah. Okay, Matt. Yeah, it's got it's got with um, I think it's going to be quite devastating. Um, Aspinall, as he said, he's only just literally rolling out of bed to take this fight and flying over to America and taking it. So, I, against a monster like that, Pavis, I, I just can't see Aspinall pulling it off. Sorry, I'd love to see a Bisping moment, but I don't think we'll see it. So, I'm going to go Pavlovich win uh, via KO. Okay, uh, yeah, Diamond, you didn't uh, predict your... Uh, yeah, via KO as well. KO. <laughs> What's interesting is if you look at the odds, if I look at the odds, they're actually similar. So, yeah, it's quite interesting. That they, they don't really split them too much, to be honest with you. Um, one's 10 to 11, which is Pavlovich, and 5 to 6 is Aspinall. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, pretty pretty even, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I might like 100 quid on Pavlovich then, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I would have expected Aspinall to be more of an underdog, but uh, that's uh, that's interesting. Okay, um, we'll go on to the the main event and uh, Proashka versus Pereira, and um, yeah, th- this is um, I'll. Like like yourself, Matt, I was really looking forward to Jones versus Miocic, but um, I'm, I'm I would say almost on equal measure. I'm, I'm looking looking forward to this one as well, and because you know Giri got injured um, a while back, a year and a half or something like that, and uh, maybe a bit longer. And I don't know if you you guys recall, but he. He got injured in, in a weird way. And what I mean by that is because I was just refreshing myself before the podcast. And um, it was inspiring, but some training part, partner, shall, shall we call him, he, he suplexed him in, in sparring. 
and he landed on his right shoulder and, and crushed all his uh, probably his rotor cuff and his uh, you know all that area around the shoulder maybe clavicle I'm, I can't remember the exact injury but it was obviously bad enough that he was out and had to relinquish his his belt so um yeah, so, uh, you know, why would someone in sparring try to suplex him? But anyway, that's another story. Um, that's you want. Eh? So that's not the kind of training partner you want? No, no, you, you know, maybe he got beat up afterwards in the gym or something, I don't know. Um, yeah, it just sounds ridiculous. So, um, But that was his injury, and then he had to relinquish the title, and he was going to fight Globe Tera and all that kind of thing. So that's one uh, interesting angle and slash narrative that he's coming back himself after a, a long time. Alex Pereira, who was the middleweight champion not too long ago, six months ago, eight months ago, lost the rematch in a devastating knockout by Adesanya, who since has lost the middleweight title to uh, Sean Strickland. Um, Pereira went up to light heavy and uh, had a... You know, not not an amazing fight uh, there, but um, he had a good fight, and uh, and now he's he's fighting for the belt. So, uh, uh, Diamond, I'll go to you first. Give us your thoughts on what is now the main event, two nine five. Oh, yeah. I think it should be a great fight. Um, it should be an exciting fight. In both styles, are, yeah, are great to be honest with you. For an exciting fight, so yeah, I'm probably looking forward to this one. I think there's other, I've been doing a bit of research in terms of what's going on with this one. I mean, there's different connections. You know, Texera, I think he fought Yuri last, didn't he? He's a, yeah. a training partner of Pereira, isn't he? So, yeah, he's, he's like a training partner, mental, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if not trainer even. But yeah, so that should be great from that angle. Yuri's just, I do rate him. I think he's a very good fighter. Um, like I said, exciting. So, yeah. Forward to this one. Anything on the um, the fighting styles that gives you maybe a hint of how either fighter could win or lose? Or um, if I break it down, I think if you think about striking, I think they're both very good strikers. Who would I edge it to? Mm, possibly Pereira. Submissions, I would say Yuri, and then wrestling, I would say possibly Yuri again. So if I broke it down to them three, um, yeah, but. I mean, there's not much in experience with you. I think it should be a great fight. I think they'll stay on the on their feet, and uh, it should be explosive. Yeah, I'll uh, come back to you regarding uh, these predictions. But uh, yeah, you, you make a good point about how even in in styles they are. Then and then uh, Pereira six foot four, uh, Giri is uh, six foot three, um, reach wise seventy nine eighty. Uh, to Jiri and um, yeah, there's a bunch of other stats that and I think even age-wise they're, they're fairly similar in age but if you look at their MMA record this is where you get the contrast um, Jiri's at uh, 33 fights 29-3-1 and one, and Alex Pereira's had 8-2-0 so he's, he's like a, a baby in terms of experience but obviously he's been middleweight champion and he was a kickboxer for many years so slightly uh, misleading those statistics but uh, in, in MMA they're, uh, they're actually factual okay Matt on to you let's be honest here okay the end game is going to be Pereira versus Adesanya at light heavyweight that's what the UFC want Dana knows that fight sells 
they can sell it as the rivalry that spans multiple weight classes. We, we can see it all in the stars. We know it's coming if Pereira wins it, right? We've already said Adesanya just lost at middleweight. It's now a good chance that he jumps up for him. Um, you know, Prohashka unbeaten in last 13 fights over seven years. Um, but just looking at his UFC career, he's fought guys that are on the way out or like on the, the decline. They've already had their, their shots and missed their title shots. I think this is by far his toughest challenge against a guy who's like not even in his peak yet. He's really coming into his peak level. Um, I mean, I mean what, what a fight. If, I'm glad this took the main event spot. Um, and, and not Aspinall versus Pavlovich. This, this belongs here, and it, it's just really impressive to me how Pereira doesn't speak a lot of English, and he's not like big on social media. But somehow, you, you know, he hasn't got a huge record either in mixed martial arts. But still, he's able to keep himself in people's minds fresh, and always seems to grab those those main event slots. And yeah, he always seems to get the big the big moments, but. We, we all know it. We, we all know Dana is a businessman at the end of the day. He's a, he's a seller. He's a promoter. They're, they are looking for Pereira to get the, the win here, and they're looking for more Pereira versus Adesanya down the line. Yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's a, a good, interesting angle there. And uh, I never, never thought of that, to be honest, but uh, it does make sense on a, on a number of fronts. And uh, I, I'm just doubting Adesanya's motivation the way he lost against Strickland and um, I, I, I didn't watch many interviews after that but I was sort of reading the odd article here where he gave a strange response to in you know to his loss and so on and so forth so is he still in the fight game yeah he deserved to go into a, a title fight straight away at light heavyweight who Pereira no 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 Adesanya yeah he was well, he did have that other fight at light heavyweight and he lost, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if you're a star name, then you obviously always jump the queue. And, uh, I, was gonna, I, was gonna, I was about to say, when does that ever stop, Dana? Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, it is the, the money and the, the pay-per-views yeah. that sell. And uh, even though it, they've got to stay, you know, impartial, they always say they'll be impartial to the fights, but... They are, a, they are a business, they yeah. are a promoter, they, they definitely have ideas about where they want to go with certain certain guys for sure and that's got to be on their mind because they know it, it sells and as a rivalry it actually brings up quite a dark side in Adesanya, a, a lot of the time he takes quite a jovial role in his in his rivalries but that, that one is one that really brings out a dark side and a different persona to Adesanya. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of history there isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's it's at one point everyone thought uh, Pereira had Adesanya's number, but obviously he proved that uh, not not to be the case. But um, yeah, Proashka, he's he, he's got some unusual skill. He, he you know, does a lot of Zen Buddhism and and other. Um, meditation techniques and he, he lives that kind of lifestyle so he's got a, a few not unusual features but something sort of slightly out of the ordinary and his, his skill set is very unorthodox um, experience will come into it as well see Yuri's had a lot of fights that 
Yeah, exactly. That's that's why I mentioned their their MMA fight record that uh, thirty three mm. fights in total against ten. Yeah, um, it could be the, the only thing that could go against Prashka is that uh, obviously this layoff we don't know how the injuries affected him he's not had a warm up fight so there's a huge question mark there the, exp- the experience is, is completely different the levels of experience but I actually think Pereira has had tougher fights in the few that he's had in the UFC I think he's had tougher fights than uh, Prashka uh, the guys that Prashka has beaten Teixeira Reyes uh, Uzumir they're all guys that kind of had a big rise and then a massive fall off, and he was one of those those wins for them. I, I I think Pereira just has maybe the more experience in the UFC in the bigger moments against the bigger guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you think they were decent names, but just on the decline, basically. Yeah, I, I think they're on the decline. They were on the way out. They were on negative records going into that fight with Yuri. Um, I'm not trying to take it away, but. Because I think Yuri's a beast. It's kind of similar to, to Pavlovich at heavyweight. I think they both have the, the tools to be long-term champs of, the, of their divisions for sure. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it does come into it that uh, the quality of fights. But I I think uh, Pereira's he's only had one fight at light heavyweight. So, uh, but the plus side for him is that apparently he used to struggle at cut into middleweight he, he walks around 225 pounds and he has he was cutting what 40 pounds 185 to uh, to middleweight so uh, now he's only got to cut 20 20 pounds so in British money that's what two stone uh, just under two stone and whereas before he was cutting four stone and and these fighters they normally do it in the last week which is crazy uh Fight cutting, uh, weight cutting. His natural weight, uh, light heavyweight, was probably more his natural weight in the first place. Yeah, and uh, maybe the maybe at middleweight the weight cut was taking too much out of it. We don't know for sure, but he did move up to light heavyweight, and uh, he was pretty solid against uh, you know the opponent. So, uh, um, but I think Giri he seems the kind of guy that you know would look after his body and, and, and understand what's required from the physical game but not just the physical game the, the other side of the, the, the game as well so he probably would have done everything he can to, to get back in shape but the test is until you get into that cage and he hasn't been in there for the best part of two years So it's uh, prediction time, and uh, Diamond, I'm going to go to you first. Um, Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, I'm going Yuri. Um, I think he'll, he'll just do it, um, either by KO or submission. Um, yeah, I think he'll win. Okay. Matt? It's, it's one of those fights I've gone like 50-50, I've gone back and forth while we've all been talking to be honest um, it's a tough a real tough one I, I think the layoff could be could be a factor but I think Yuri will get the win uh, I think his wrestling and his mat game will be stronger I, I don't think I think Pereira is very very strong on the stand up with his kickboxing and potentially a slightly better with striking but I think if, uh, if Yuri 
utilises, you know, the mat game and the grappling, I think he will grab the win. Possibly better at that weight class as well. Obviously, Pereira's been not too bad and had an impressive showing last time. But I'll go with a Yuri win, and I will go with a submission win. A Serbian media. I'm, I'm going to be different and go for Pereira. And uh, not saying Parashka has, doesn't have a chance. He obviously, he's, he's a special talent. And uh, I just think the layoff could could sort of, uh, especially in the later rounds, if it lasts beyond three, four rounds, then uh, that could come into play from a cardiovascular fitness perspective. Um, and also from, um, you know, not not really being familiar with the with, with the octagon in terms of what happens, you know, close, close range and things like that, where Pereira, he's been very active this year and, and best part of last year, and he's probably got his timing down to... Uh, to a T, and uh, he's obviously got power in both hands and, and feet. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Pereira KO. If it happens, I think it's going to be three or four as Proashka gets tired. But I wouldn't be surprised if Proashka wins pretty that way. I can't, I can't argue with that. But I, so fifty-fifty for me. It's going to be one of those fights that I'm actually going to be quite, in, I'm going to quite enjoy just sitting back and watching, just seeing what happens. Usually, I do have a guy that I'm rooting for um, but yeah this is going to be a, a good one just to sit back and watch and I'll, I'll be fine with you the guys winning to be fair yeah and normally no, Matt you, you like to put a small bet on a few shekels yeah it, I, I like to put like a whole main card uh, but like I said at the start of the show the, the main card I'm not a casual but it's like I'm not confident enough on sort of the bottom two fights the main card the, the main event at the prelim I'm just not confident enough in all of them so I probably would give this one a miss and just literally sit back and be able to enjoy and watch without having the, the bet pressure mm. always that pressure when you've got a bet on well yeah I, I feel like I can't enjoy a fight when I've got a bet on I'm like I'm just like really strongly rooting for the guy that I've I've picked <laughs> I can't I just can't watch it and enjoy it and have fun I have to really be rooting for the guy uh, I can imagine yeah yeah okay so uh, that's the, uh, the the UFC 295 co-main event and main event uh, yeah as, as Matt's mentioned a few times that normally MSG we I think we normally do three or four fights of the main card and and uh, it's normally stacked from normally the first sort of fight of the main card up to the the, uh, the main event. But uh, we're usually raving about it. We usually mm. like, oh my god, the main of the early prelim is insane. The main, the co-main of the prelim is insane. I just can't say that about this card. Yeah, you know, the, the, the prelims and early prelims are very much like I'm not really sure who many of them are. Uh, yeah. It's a bit a bit odd, really. Yeah. I think they were banking on the Stipe versus uh, Jones, basically. I think that was, you know, they were putting all the eggs into that basket where that was going to be the yeah. biggest fight. Um, so I think that's where they were going with that. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, they sure did. But, um, okay, that brings us to... Also, also big names. You know, obviously, we have got UFC 300 coming up in sort of roughly March, April time next year. I think a lot of big-named guys don't want to go amongst this card, for example, get hurt in the sort of main event of the prelim and then be like, oh, damn it, I can't. You know, I think a lot of big names are going to bet on trying to get onto that UFC 300, I, I assume. Yeah, especially if Conor McGregor is heading that one, then that will be a huge uh, pay-per-view. Yeah. If he is. Yeah. If he's back in the uh, sw- swimming pool, shall we say? No. Um, sorry. Anyway, on to our uh, special guest, Diamond, and um, he's he's got a particular segment he wanted to uh, to open up a debate on. So it's it's over to you, Diamond. Yeah, no, I just thought we'd talk about legacy. I mean, what is it that creates a legacy or is a long-lasting legacy? Um, the reason I say that is because there's a lot of these YouTuber fighters, not that I've watched any of them, so, but yeah, there's a lot of YouTube fighters who are fighting at the moment, and let's be honest, they haven't got any talent. So I was speaking to my brother, as G knows quite well, and we were talking about what is it that uh, actually forms a legacy or, you know, um, draws a crowd. I said to him, you know, it should be just pure talent. Um, that would be, you know, in an ideal world. But unfortunately, that's not the case. It's about how much of a mouth you've got, you know, how much trash talk you can give or banter or whatever you want to call it. Um, so the question I wanted to ask is, what do you, in the UFC, who do you believe is going to have the biggest legacy? Mm. Wow. That's a good one. Uh, go on, Matt. I'll let you go. Biggest, biggest legacy in the UFC. It, it's tough. It's a tough question, really. Mm. Like, like, like you've already said, it, it should be about talent. Uh, in this day and age, it's increasingly about your social media following and a lot of big companies put a lot of money and numbers on how many numbers you can bring. Um, I, I hate to, it's become a bit of a sour name really in recent years, but I think if you, if you were to look at in recent history or even since UFC was established, who's had the biggest impacts on UFC numbers and UFC feuds, interesting fights, you have to say Conor McGregor. Um, for a number of years, it, it was talent as well. It was for, for a number of years, it was the fact that he could have a mix of pure talent and actually put, you know, put good feuds to use and actually have, you know, actually perform yeah. in the ring. Um, obviously, now it's, it's souring around him. Even his most loyal of fans are sort of getting a bit sick of it. Um, but overall, I, I just can't think of another name who's had the same effect in terms of pull of pay-per-view numbers uh, the, the feuds and rivalries that they've had 
and and the, the highlight the highlight reels of, of fights. So I'd have to I'd have to go for Connor for biggest legacy so far. Yeah, it's um, yeah. On one hand, you can't argue with that, and you know the numbers speak for themselves. The money speaks for itself, and and he's his notoriety or fame whatever you want to call it speaks for itself but then then the sports fan comes out the maybe we could say the purist or you know the, which I think where Diamond was going with his question about uh, you know big mouths and trash talkers and all that kind of stuff so if you look at if we had to put Connor in in the the great column, which which I, he probably does deserve that, even in his fight skills and what he did. But even the two championship belts that he won, the featherweight and the lightweight, he's never defended the belt. So then we go to John Jones. I think he did 12 at light heavy, 14, something like that. He would have done a lot more, but he, he kept getting into trouble for various reasons. Um, and does, does that tarnish his legacy? How much does it touch his legacy, if any? What, getting into trouble? Yeah. 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 But then Anderson Silva was 12 GSP. There was that period of five years where you had Anderson Silva, GSP, champions at the same time, and then John Jones as well. And they were all defending their belts month in, month out. So, yeah, yeah, he would. And there was also talk of a super fight, Anderson Silva and GSP, but obviously... But what I'm saying is that it depends on the, on the metric you use. If it's if it's fame and 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 obviously Connor has got an amazing fighting ability. He's a champion, no doubt about that. But he he never really cemented that for me for me as a as a as a great great. But argue, can't argue against what he did for in terms of pay per views and. But le- legacy, yeah, it's. It's, I suppose in, in reality it's legacy is who's going to talk about these guys in 20, 30, 40, 50 years in a pub probably that's one test of a legacy and, 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 and it's the sort of the, the, the general public and, and who, who, do, who do they know it's, I, I would define a legacy to be who's branched out and sort of expanded the UFC to other places where it might not have gone before. I think a lot of the general public will know Conor McGregor and then probably not be able to name any other mixed martial artists possibly at all. So I just, because if we're, I've always said on the terms of sort of the GOAT conversation, I would put John Jones at the top, just looking at in-cage ability. But if I was to include sort of the outside antics that he's been full of throughout his career, I would then probably put GSP there. So it, there are different factors which affect it, but I think taking everything into consideration for legacy and probably the amount of money that one man has single-handedly added to the UFC in terms of revenue and like company value, for me, it's got to be Connor. It's got it's got to be the reach that he's had and. The reach that he's single-handedly probably helped the UFC branch out to the general public. It's, it, it can't be ignored. Yeah, I think one thing I will explain to the viewers, I mean, legacy doesn't equal the GOAT. I think they're two separate arguments. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, like you said, in terms of legacy, 
yeah, you could definitely argue McGregor. Um, I believe he's brought a lot of casual fans into the UFC. I, I definitely think that, um, like you said, if you're going to talk about a fighter, most people are going to know about Conor McGregor. They probably don't know too much about MMA, if I'm honest with you, but they know about Conor McGregor. But what that does do is basically bump up pay for everybody. So I think the UFC, in terms of fighters, need to be appreciative of Conor McGregor for increasing pay and whatever else with that. But like G said, I for me, Conor McGregor never defended the belt. I don't, he was in the right place at the right time for a lot of it, if I'm honest. And I don't think he had the greatest of talents, but at the same time, he was a very good fighter. Very, very good fighter. That's what I would say. Yeah, and one of the arguments used to be that when Conor McGregor was coming up, he was protected against fighting the real wrestlers. Now, obviously, when he won the belt, he fought Chad Mendes, but Chad Mendes came off the couch nine days before. And Chad and Mendes... You remember, that fight? you remember that fight? Chad Mendes was, even though he got done with uh, or whatever, he, but yeah, he was, uh, he was dominating that fight and then he just puffed. Um, and then, yeah, obviously... The yeah, he, he obviously had too many Doritos on the couch yeah, the week before, yeah. Conor uh, did... Uh, it, it, it is come up time, though. He did fight some... He did fight some arguably future Hall of Famers. You know, he did beat Poirier and, and Max Holloway when they were on the rise as well. So I think he definitely was sheltered against real strong wrestlers. Yeah. I, I think that's almost natural. You, you see it. You see it every day in... in in boxing, you know, for the first sort of ten to twenty fights of your boxing uh, career, exactly. You yeah, know, you're, you're not you're not fed cans, but you are, you know, kind of given a yeah. lot easier fights, and then you know, for the real stars, it, it happens a lot, I think. Yeah, and that a lot of a lot of people maybe don't appreciate that that a and you said this before that they're a promotion, and and the boxers have a promoter. Whereas the UFC are a promotion, so it's slightly different. But they, the end goal is the same, to make as much money as they can from an investment. Their investment is, is, a, is a talent, talented fighter. So they want to be, in boxing, it happens a lot more. Like you said, they, boxers, you know, we used to go 10 and 0, 15 and 0, and then, then fight some real class. But um, yeah, I can understand why they were protecting him because they, they realized that they've got this massive potential cash cow and, and obviously it was, a, it was an amazing uh, supernatural cash cow for them for sure yeah but is that, is that fair then? fair for who and from which perspective? this is what I was like I said I was speaking to my brother about this it's like of course he was protected and he was the UFC had a big backing you know for him as Dana did but then you got a person like DJ now he's arguably you know yeah Great balance there was. Now, what did the UFC do for him? Yeah, kicked him out. They yeah, swapped him for a funky wrestler. Yeah. It, 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 I just think. Yeah, you're, you're right. I, and, I, and in my analysis, I didn't even mention DJ. And I did think of him, but I, I just didn't mention him. But you're right. He was 14 or 12 or the title consecutive defenses. So, uh, but I think real fans will 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 talk about DJ, but. The, the casuals will just say, oh, Conor McGregor. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, Matt said uh, about the GOAT in terms of he believed, obviously, Jones or GSP. What about yourself, G? Who would you say? As the, the GOAT? Yep. 
Yeah, I think pure in cage, whatever. It's uh, for me, it is John Jones because he was in his first five defenses, he beat absolute, uh, you know, champions of champions. Shogun Rua, when he he took the belt off him, he tapped him out by beating, you know, literally beating him to death. and you know, people know Pride, who was a uh, just an animal, and uh, in in Pride as well. He showed him that off day that day, but yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know he, he was your number, your number one fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> his 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 longevity though for John Jones is incredible. I mean, how many how many people do we see at the top of their division, you know, carrying title and we say, oh. I don't can't see him ever losing, and then they all ultimately do. Even you can even say Adesanya now is starting to lost the belt a couple of times. You know he's got it back and stuff, but it's like John Jones hasn't even hit that point yet where he's like lost it and then tailed off. He's still going and still winning. Like the longevity is incredible. I know he's had he had like three years out. Maybe maybe that was a good thing because when he was out, he was resting. He wasn't beating up his body, so uh, maybe. It was that you touch on longevity with Jones. When do you think Jones's first UFC was? He was twenty-one oh. or something. Yeah. yeah, it was like it was real early days, wasn't it? It was like two thousand nine-ish, two thousand ten, something like that. I believe it was UFC eighty-six. Mm. UFC eighty-six. So we're in UFC two nine six. So yes. if we do two nine six minus eighty-six, that's two hundred and ten. Yeah. So we divide that by two nine six. He's been in. 70, nearly 71% of the UFC since it's been created. That, yeah. that is, I agree, that's amazing. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And that's why, I, yeah, I've said for a number of years, in, in ring cage, you know, in cage ability, and you, you're not looking at his outside of cage antics. Yeah, I don't, for, for me, it's him. But sometimes you have to acknowledge the, uh, the issues that, that he has had, the numerous issues that he seems to get himself into the trouble. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Matt. I wouldn't put him as the GOAT for the simple fact of his off, off-screen off antics. Um, I would say GSP, personally, for his resume, who he fought, and obviously not getting done. The only thing is, is GSP was a bit shady towards the end. He'd done a bit of a runner when uh, USADA came in, but he never actually got convicted as it was. So, yeah, I would say GSP. Yeah, I think just going back to John Jones, and I think I may, may be thinking of an article coming on here for purelymma.co.uk. Um, John Jones' injury is this the start of the end, you know, because it looks like from what I saw, the, the, the pec injury or the pec tear or whatever exactly it was, it sort of came from punches being thrown and that seems quite odd for that to happen from a for a peck tear um, but is this the decline of bodies finally saying all, all those years are parting sorry can't do this no more I don't know just chucking it out there I, I think it probably was the start of the decline before the injury I, I truly believe this probably was it's going to, it's going to be his last one um, I, I don't think he I don't think he has anything else to prove after that. I think, you know, he's doing what Connor didn't. He won the heavyweight title. He'd like to defend it once against the so-called heavyweight greatest of all time. 
and then you can say, well, there you go, I literally have done everything. Um, yeah. And, and as, he, as he's admitted, you know, people like Aspinall and, and Pavlovich doesn't really interest him and wouldn't, it probably wouldn't expand his legacy any further. So yeah. I, I, it probably is start of the end anyway no I was thinking more just purely on a physical side I know mentally he's got this legacy sorted in his head and who how he wants to exit the, the fight game but I'm just thinking from a physical because he you know he hasn't exactly been a monk on the rock has he we all know that um, but anyway he yeah, I mean wear and tear you're right I think he's taking toll at yeah. some point and you remember it happened to Chuck Liddell he was knocking everyone out then he got knocked out six in a row or five in a row it happens to a lot of fighters I mean that's another I might do a story for another day but once you get beaten is it because your body just completely changes or is it mental side where you felt invincible and all of a sudden not and that's it you the mental part goes yeah maybe that's another uh, subject you can uh, bring in Diamond another topic Okay, so um, yeah, I think legacies. There's a number of factors crossover, and, and who's the most popular, and and obviously, Conor McGregor still had to be a champion. He couldn't be a a two and ten fighter and still draw this. So he's still a champion. There's no doubt about that. But uh, yeah, legacy can be a number of things to to different people. Um, well. Uh, no, thank you for that, Diamond. That's been a really good, uh, really good discussion there. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah. So we're gonna coming towards the end of the, the podcast, but I think we can squeeze in one fun question. Um, and uh, this is from Ben from the USA, um, and he's asking a question about a, a fairly recent sort of topical. In the, in the news, boxing news, MMA news as well. On the recent trend of MMA fighters going to boxing, and recent probably three, four years, I think is probably a good time frame for that. Could there be a, a trend of boxers going to, to MMA? And I think from memory, uh, the most high-profile boxer I can think of is James Tony when he fought Randy Couture. But unfortunately, got angle picked in thirty seconds. But uh, eh? I said he didn't do much at all. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, but that I can't remember another high profile because obviously James Tony was a triple world champion, light heavy heavyweight. But I can't think of another amazing, you know, champion boxer who came into MMA. Um. But anyway, Diamond, what, what boxers could they come into MMA, reverse the trend a bit, or is MMA too hard? Uh, There's always been talk of it. I mean, Khan was talking about it supposedly. Uh, I think with MMA, it's a different different ball game. You're going to have to learn the the ground game, and you're not going to have enough time to be able to to learn that. Um, coming off, obviously, you're probably near the end of your career in boxing so I don't even have much chance of being able to defend takedowns do takedowns yourself or submissions and all that kind of thing really so I think it would be very difficult mm. Matt uh, yeah simple answer no it's it's just it'd be boxers signing their own death certificate I think it's just uh, 
I hate to agree with Dylan Dennis, but it's just not boxing. It's a they, they like to call it a purer form of fighting, but it's, I wouldn't even call it fighting. It, it is boxing. It's it's just I mean mixed martial artists even in, in fight camps. There, there's a reason why they when they're boxing, they're using boxing gloves, and it's just like it. it yeah, there isn't time to learn it. There isn't the time to survive it. I don't think. I think mixed martial arts is the more complete form of fighting. And I think any mixed martial artist just have has a lot more skill sets than boxers do. Um, and there's a reason why we haven't seen anything high profile in a number of years. Um, like obviously, I've recently just seen Fury versus Ngannou, and there was talk that Deontay Wilder was kind of entertaining the idea because there's not enough big names in boxing for him, etc. Um, so, but I mean, have you seen that guy's legs recently? I mean, one kick and he'd be down and out. So, yeah, there's a reason why we haven't seen it, I think, and uh, I think they're wise to stay away. Yeah, no, I, I don't think skinny legs is a, a barometer for a gay knockdown because uh, John Jones probably has had the skinniest legs uh, since... Uh, since uh, any you know skeletons but he's uh, yeah anyway but his legs were really skinny but he was a phenomenal kicker but I know what you mean boxing generally yeah you can't uh, yeah he might have thin legs but it was like at least they're still conditioned and he's trained for it yeah I I, I don't think Duante Wilder would have you know he probably has never kicked or been kicked no for sure he's been boxing for 20 odd years um yeah, uh, Diamond, you was going to say something? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying just from what Matt was saying. Yeah, I mean, John Jones has obviously been brought up with that from a very early age. So, he, like you said, he's conditioned himself. So, yeah, it's totally different in terms of yeah, but um, you know what what he's learned over the years. Yeah, it's it's obviously uh, for boxers to 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 go the other way. They, they've got a lot more to learn. So I I can't see a trend. Unless there's some kind of mixed rules charity, not mixed rules, yeah, mixed rules, but like an exhibition, bit like when these YouTube boxers they, you know, fight one for this and one round that. Yeah, yeah, and there's been experiments before going back to the early seventies, Muhammad Ali and a Japanese wrestler Antonio Anoki. Um, it was and uh, they had a mixed rule he couldn't kick over this height and he couldn't grab for this level and then yeah it was uh, it, mixed rules is always very uh, it becomes an exhibition then, yeah that that's the arena I think boxers might go into it if they if they, the grapplers couldn't do it for more than 30 seconds so they know they just have to survive 30 seconds and then back on your feet and there's been various experiments but it, it, it yeah it's, it's too much of an exhibition then and then People are not going to really buy into it, I don't think. It's a good question, I think. I'm just, I'm just really, I was really dying to see at some point for like a peak mixed martial artist to go into a full camp for a boxing fight because obviously Connor went and had the Floyd Mayweather fight, but it was like Floyd is the best, the greatest of all time, the, the best boxer we've ever seen potentially. So it was hard for him. It was a shame that he didn't go up against somebody a lot less skilled kind of thing to see what really would have happened. Hmm. I think put it this way did any of you watch the listen I didn't watch it and I didn't pay for it but did any of you watch Dylan Dennis versus Jake Paul and KSI versus Tommy Fury because no. 
the talent on that was just that was just non-existent it was terrible so I'm sure if an MMA fighter was to train and do a full camp it would be a lot better than that draft put it that way I I, I did watch um, I did watch because it, it got my interest uh, Dylan does interest me I, I think I, I really want to see him in the UFC I thought I think that would be unbelievable entertainment uh, but I think that that event Dylan Dennis was in it for one thing and it was for the money I mean it was obvious uh, he went for a couple of a couple of chokeholds in that fight and and even then when he went for the chokeholds I kind of do feel from Vic that all the security did jump in at multiple points like mid-round I, it was a bit of a, a clown show that event um, luckily I didn't pay but yes because <laughs> yeah, on a record I didn't pay either I paid for that oh careful the FBI you listen to this podcast so uh, be careful I watched it the next day I watched it the next day <laughs> yeah. but, but, but Dennis does it, he, he grabs he grabs a lot of people in and I, I'm not sure what the viewing numbers were because there's a lot of speculation around it but it, he has got a good way of like riling people up either the, the, the right way or the wrong way you want to see him get knocked out or in that event I think a lot a lot of people were kind of rooting for him because I think for what for once he did kind of turn into the good guy so he's now sort of petitioning to join the UFC I think it's an absolute no-brainer for Dana White to hire Dylan Dennis in the UFC that'd be absolute comedy I think it'd be so fun to watch him against some of the because I think he's ready to fight like normal guys I put that in the commas like normal guys he's not really he's not wanting to come in and fight just the big names he, he wants to come in and just prove that he's actually one of the best mixed martial artists and one of the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I've, I've just come up with a with a while you were saying that Matt with a matchmaking fight Khabib comes out of retirement to fight him because obviously the backstory of, uh, of their uh, melee yeah yeah the eagle flew off the cage yeah so that would be a, an interesting backstory but that, that kind of, that kind of event I agree with you Diamond it was it was a bit of a joke and I think at the uh, after it, it happened I think we know why the dance was there it was for the money but if he was to actually be serious and, and yeah like I say join the UFC and actually fight normal guys and rack up some wins with his with his promo skills and everything I think that would be absolute comedy I thought that would be brilliant the thing with that was if you thought Dylan Dennis versus Logan Paul was bad then you had the KSI versus Tommy Fury and that was even worse I mean, almost unspeakable yeah how bad that was okay. uh, Tommy Fury must be thanking his stars he's in this he's got, he hasn't got much talent and he's fighting these YouTube fighters and making millions it's just he's laughing laughing all the way to the bank well, he's living the life that we'd all take in a heartbeat, let's be honest. We'd all do that, let's be honest. He, he, he's been very fortunate to be uh, fighting in an era with all this YouTube fighting craze at the moment. So, yeah, I think he should be grateful. Agreed. Okay, that brings us to the to the end of the podcast. It's uh, UFC 295, uh, Proashka versus Piera, Pereira, and uh, that takes place in a couple of weeks this is a, a pre-recording uh, so this is the MMA show uh, sponsored by uh, atinjameslegal.co.uk and oversteevents.com oversteevents.com um, just before we go Matt uh, you watching anything live or on, on 
pay-per-view or you got anything? Not live, but obviously UFC 295 we're looking forward to. And then it doesn't even stop there because next month we have UFC 296, which is really exciting. That's going to be uh, Edwards uh, Covington, which should be really, really good. Uh, a really nice, you know, top card to end the year on. But uh, yeah, catch us at Purely MMA on Twitter. Um, we're going to be putting out more, more stories, more and more. So that'll be good. So catch all the latest stories there and uh, follow us on Twitter or X and keep up all the discussion points. We like to create articles for, for open discussion with everybody. So let's catch up with that. Fantastic. And uh, Diamond, you off to Vegas doing anything thing like that? Or? No, not at the moment, not at the moment. Hopefully in the future. Uh, no, I was just going to say as well, I don't know if you have ever seen something called King of the Streets. Oh, I, I haven't, no. Uh, you haven't? Matt, have you seen that? I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, no, I haven't. Have a look at it. It's it's quite raw. I don't know if it's actually legal. But anyway, on YouTube, it, it's a good production. Um, and basically, they're in like a car park and they're all fighting. Um, and it looks very raw. Um, so check it out. I mean, viewers, check it out as well and see what you think of it. It's called King of the Streets. So be interesting to see your thoughts on it. Well, that was Diamond Promotions. <laughs> I think you're after Dana White's job. Yeah. The next well, president. Nice Ian's, but yeah. No, it's uh, no, that's good. So uh, yeah, yeah, so we'll have. Nice uh, so I just want to say it's been really nice being on here. Oh no, no, yeah. it's. Uh, I appreciate that. It's been a pleasure. Thank, thank you for uh, coming on and uh, uh, raising a good uh, subject about legacy. So that's definitely been interesting to discuss. Uh, and as me and Matt say, this podcast is about a few guys just in a pub discussing, you know, what they are passionate about, which is MMA. Those are the topics that come up like that. So uh, no, that's good. Um, so yeah so this has been the UFC 295 where there's some articles on purelymma.co.uk purelymma.co.uk um, so check out the website there's always good articles going on uh, and Diamond if you want to pen an article for us then that will be good as well yep yeah. Yeah, in the future definitely um, yeah good. so uh, yeah so this is the MMA shower and sponsored by HattonJamesLegal.co.uk Overst Events and uh, thanks to our friends at SRB Media that's SRBmedia.co.uk who produce the web, uh, web uh, webcast podcast and head over to their website and there's uh, various podcasts on music, football and, uh, and other uh, other styles and genres so uh, good evening Good afternoon, good morning, wherever you may be, and uh, thank you for listening. SRB 